welcome to what could potentially be 30 minutes of L. Duncan and Gary Streisky flirting. Depending on who you ask, L, um, that's 100% confirmed. Wait a minute. Welcome to the L. Duncan Show with Gary Streisky. As we come to you from parts unknown, we'll get to that. But Gary text. Well, they had to separate us. Too much too There much was just too much heat on. in the studio. Too much chemistry. Just too much <laughs> eye gazing at each other. So so Gary texts me today. And tell the people what you texted me, Gary Bear. All right, so I, I'm meeting. I, I land from Austin in Boston, and I'm meeting with my friend Dan. It's his birthday today, so we go out to brunch. Happy birthday, Dan! And he's, soon as we get to the coffee shop, he's like, "Hey, man, like, don't don't tell him I told you anything, but I got a text after the last episode, um, and you're gonna know the guy. I'm not gonna tell you who it is, but he was like, dude, is Gary's girlfriend like, does she get jealous like over Gary and L like flirting all the time? And I was like, tell me you're kidding. Like, tell me you're kidding. <laughs> and he was dead ass. His name's Lee. And apparently Lee was going Inspector Gadget. Uh, but Lee didn't go Inspector Gadget enough to do the research to know, L, fill in the blanks here, that you look at me as a little brother. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give the crew the screenshots that hurt my feelings after I relayed this little nugget towards you well, guys. Let me just read exactly <laughs> what the text messages was to the to the friends at home. Oh, I yeah, said, okay, this is, this is perfect. This is perfect. I said, "We flirt? We flirt? That's like being accused of thinking that your cousin is hot." Which I was like, "Wow, El, first of all, that hurts. Second of all, damn, that still kind of It was a, it was a compliment. I called you hot, <laughs> Gary. Um Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, okay, see, gotcha, it was gotcha, I just gotcha. buried the lead in there. Let me be clear. Anytime a man and a woman who I would like to believe are attractive people, get together and have a good time and laugh and smile and laugh at each other's jokes, people just automatically assume there's something deeper. Of course, your lovely girlfriend, too. Are we allowed to say her name? Yeah, go ahead. Of course, Abby's been... We used to work with Abby. I worked with Abby. Of course, I am of no threat to her. You are of no threat to Omar. Full stop, y'all. Shout out, Omar. <laughs> Listen, and, here, and here's all you need to know as we wrap up this particular topic and move on to stuff that matters. What a way to intro the show. If there was at <laughs> any point, even just an inkling of an attraction to Gary Streisky, watching him out in the wild try and deliver game sealed that right up. Oh my gosh. Nope. Here we go. No thanks. Well dry. Love Gary. Very handsome. So not my type. <laughs> but I root for him. Oh, okay, okay. Somebody cut L's mic. It just keeps getting worse. Ugh. But you know who does have game? Happy birthday, Dan. This place. Yeah, where are you? This like So for those of you that can't see. Nicest La Quinta Inn I've ever seen. The Hampton in Ohio, California. I'm here for the ESPN <laughs> Women's Summit. Um, I do have a very nice room that has not one, but two fireplaces in oh. it. And I don't know about you, Gare Bear, but like when I go to these kinds of things, I have... Like, I just cannot ever play it cool around people that have money or around, like, luxurious things. <laughs> like, I just act like such a weirdo, and it it makes me, like, largely uncomfortable. Like, I'll be the person that will, like, lug my own bags half an acre down the property just because I feel bad asking a bellboy That's to correct. do it. And um, so I, I, I'm, like, always really uneasy at very fancy places like sure. this. So, like, hotels in Ojai, Chili's. 
in upper middle class neighborhoods, um, right. things yeah. of that nature. So how much cash yeah. do you have on hand since it sounds like it's an establishment where you are tossing tips and they better be 20s every time you step out the door? So here has is where I have found myself in a very precarious situation because oh, I landed here at midnight. No I've been going and going since. I have no cash. Ooh. The good news is the young people all have Venmo. So like, you know, can, can I get your Venmo? Like yes. that has been great. The older gentlemen that have helped me, of course, do not have a Venmo or Cash App. And I feel, I feel really bad. But I also wonder, is it my fault for not having the cash or is it their fault for not evolving with the times? If you are a tip-based industry yep, yep. and you know people, especially post-COVID, don't carry cash anymore, is the onus and responsibility on you to provide numerous outlets for a tip. Mm-hmm. I'm loving how you're deflecting blame. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, loving that. <laughs> on the poor, I'm, yeah. The service. Staff. I'm absolutely, it's your fault. I'm absolutely loving how you're, um, how you're deflecting blame because how long has the women's uh, ESPNW conference been on the schedule that you are the host of and for this beautiful week? Yeah. How long? Probably, it, uh, uh a long time, but you know, I had a Halloween party on Saturday. Tell me more. The idea that I'm just here and have clothes is is a win. It was a great party. Uh, you, of course, you couldn't make it because you were at F1 hanging out with Tiesto. We are getting to that story, by the way. What a story time. Those personal friends. Cannot wait. I'm so Gary's pointing to a hat. I can't wait to get into that story. But I, you couldn't come, and um, and so one of our producers was able to come, Sarah, and listen, like. I logged on today, and all I'm going to say is she said it was the greatest party of a generation. I mean, she didn't really say that, but she kind of intimated at that, and uh, it was fantastic. Well, I would like to say that I had a had a little bit to do with that because later on, last show we had, we saw Sarah, the Snapchat crew, and I, and she joined us for dinner, and she was like, I'm really nervous about going to Elle's party. And I said, Elle throws the best parties at the company. It would be a crime if you are available to go and you do not go. Matter of fact, Aaron, Aaron <sighs> Kate Dolan had the same bit of a dilemma. She was like, oh my gosh, what if I don't know anybody? And I was like, well, you know Elle who invited you, right? And she was like, yeah. I said, what's the problem? And then I saw her yeah. I saw her post. You had a 360 cam. That's when you know you're either at a wedding or awesome party. If a 360 yeah. or like a corporate event where they're like, hey, what do you think the young people will think is cool? 360 camp. And that's why Brian Kelly totally. had one down there at LSU. And that's why I know L should have cash on her because I know those aren't cheap. <laughs> well, they're not. But I also felt like I would reward everyone. I asked everyone to dress up and everybody went really all out. And so I wanted to reward them with- Michael Eves's outfit was awesome. Prince was great. A lot of I- the, the theme was icons. Lots of musical stars. We had Whitney Houston. We had Madonna. We had Prince. Like We had all the Aaliyah. Like, l- l- left eye was there. But I think- Apart from being super tired, this was the most mature grown-up that I have ever been at a party. Because yes, while I was handing out jello shots to 40-year-olds, I didn't consume that many. And in fact, I had my full faculties so much at the end of that party, which by the way was big. There was a lot of people there. I had my faculties so under control that Gary, by the time everybody left, I still cleaned, which took a while. I still took a shower, Whoa. washed my face, got some things packed. All of this happened post-party, and I had a great time anyway. And it, it finally hit me at 40. You can enjoy yourself and still be like, you know, 
somewhat together and with it. Blackout doesn't always mean the most fun. Correct. And so I was able to, the next morning, go about by business. Everybody kind of left by like 1230 or 1. I say all this to say, for you young people out there that think your life is over, you know, once you get older and ma- get married and settle down and have kids. No, it's not. You just learn to party better, more efficiently. Party You know how to do that shit. Have a great time. Start that shit at 8. Everybody's out by 1230. Oh. It was Perfect. Do everything on the front end so that way it's a lighter lift and more personal time afterwards. So let me tell you that at 9.15, the party starts at 8, and we it was an indoor-outdoor party. It started out in a tent in the backyard. It was going to find its way inside at about 11.30 because I want to be respectful to my neighbors, who, by the way, we went and reached out to all of our neighbors, told us what we were doing. 9.15, party really starting to get there. Everybody's showing up, having a great time. I flew in my DJ, DJ you Tech, what up, best DJ in the DJ. world. Yeah, flew the DJ in. He's great. He's starting to get going. All of a sudden, I see like lights and stuff. And oh, I was like, so what is happening? 9.15, the police are already at my house. There's three of them. And like, I got to be honest, I thought they were in costume. I was like, these are yeah. really authentic yeah, yeah. looking. Um, then I saw the police car. I was are like, okay, real that's guns? <laughs> real cops. Uh, but I got to tell you, West Hartford's finest, super freaking cool. They, I was like, who's calling the cops at 915, sir? You know, and uh, they were like, you know, it's a little loud. Maybe turn it down a touch. He's like, but honestly, we're not here to break up your party. You technically have until like 1115 anyway. Noise ordinance. Do your thing. I was like, listen, dude, we're just trying to have a good time. None of us have our kids. We're trying to cut loose. He was like, I wish I could come to this party. They wanted to stay. All three cops wanted to stay at the party. In fact, they told our guests that were walking up as they were leaving, hell of a party going on oh, over there. Have fun. Come on. So that, again, is the next level of partying when you're a grown-up. When you're young and you see those cop lights, you run. Everybody runs. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a swap meet. Damn. Here, I was like, I'm cool. One monkey don't stop, no show. Hater, although I am going to identify who of my neighbors is the biggest hater of all time. Okay. But it was great. So wait, did you find out who the snitch was? I think I know. Uh, After doing um, just some research in my head, I thought to myself, who's calling the cops at 9.15? And then I remembered someone with kids. If you've got little kids, you don't give a shit. If it's 637, you cuss 4th of July parties out. Like you're angry at anything that might potentially disrupt your child's sleep. And the only people who are going to sleep before nine o'clock to where you're like angry yeah. is people with little children. So I think I've identified the neighbor and I plan on egging his house. I'm just kidding. I, I didn't say that out loud. I plan on talking with him nicely before next year. And of course, I know you're going to be shocked by this, but two people, we had, we had no lap over like nobody doubled up costumes which i thought was really except except two people showed up as the same thing now if you're a couple and you're showing up with your significant other right now who do you think you're showing up as oh oh travis kelsey taylor swift there we go we had two people show up as travis kelsey and taylor swift and it was really interesting interpretations because one couple was an interracial couple travis kelsey was black yep Yep. And Taylor was a white woman. And the other couple, Travis Kelsey was Hispanic. Ah. And the wife was white as well. So we had, you know, the United Nations of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey interpretations. And it was really great. And then, of course, because we can't escape it, then we saw yesterday dominated again by Taylor Swift talk as she showed up again to the Chiefs to watch uh, her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. This is... This thing has legs. This thing does not miss leg day. This thing has metal legs. We're going grandma boys reference. This thing is full-blown relationship. 
They were posting pictures. She kissing him on the cheek and saucing that up on the gram. Do you know how many levels of approval you have to get through to get that thing officially posted at a at yeah. a post party? Like this is legit, L. The thing that threw me is apart from even the game and like the you know the the shots of the suite. We'll get into the handshake. Bernie Kosar, yeah. Browns legend, was also posting pictures with Taylor Swift. Apparently, they were at maybe like some pregame party or something before they headed over to Arrowhead. And what are the chances, Gary Streisky, that Taylor Swift had any idea who she was taking pictures with? Not a shot. One of her people kind of just slid in her ear. Hey, that's Bernie Kosar. He's playing cool. <laughs> you even think that? Just you even, a- I think someone was probably like, he seems like he's probably important. Why yeah. else would be at this yeah, party? Yeah, that's like, true. A picture with him. Like, whose dad is that? Who's is, is that? That's not Travis's dad. No, 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 no. Who's, whose dad is that? <laughs> is that someone's grandpa? Does he own a team? Harrison Butker's dad? What is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, well, I'm trying to think of the white guys on the Chiefs, and that's all I can think of. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when I used to walk work for the Hawks, and Dominique Wilkins would walk by, and you'd see these oh, like gosh. you know fifty year old dudes like pushing their nine year old into yeah. a picture with Dominique Wilkins, and just being like, "Shut up yeah. and take the goddamn picture!" You know like the kids is? looking up, like, "Who is?" You know that is. <laughs> you know, and these kids are just like, "What?" <laughs> and so then we get to the game, yes, and dominating headlines. Mm-hmm at least dominating my group text, yes. was the handshake between Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift. Uh, they had a couple of choreographed um, sort of celebration handshakes, if you will. Uh, there was lots of celebrating as the Chiefs rolled over the Chargers. And I'm just interested in like what you thought about the sort of, you know, hip check bounce. This indicates to me that this friendship is way deeper and this relationship and this now... I guess this now click of people is now way deeper than just Sunday nights, Monday nights in this like three hour bubble of football. Cause that was choreographed. That took practice. That took hanging mm-hmm. out and being like, Hey, we should have a handshake. Hey, you know what? You're right. Let's practice. Like this has, you think that took practice? I don't, I see what you're trying. I don't to even say. mean it as a slight Taylor Swift has to learn choreography for an entire concert. Exactly. I'm not sure that doing like, High five, low five, hip bounce check is something that you really have to practice. It feels like something maybe they worked on. I'm not saying Taylor necessarily then maybe had to spend time in the film room, but for Brittany to be on the same page that quickly, um, that took some outside of a camera lens hangouts to really nail down. Like Taylor Swift might buy property. I know she's a Rhode Island resident. She's she's about to buy property in the in the Kansas City metro area. Yeah. Like that's Kansas City is and also, beautiful. Listen, it's the Rhode Island of the Midwest, I hear. Hey, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. You ever been to the Breakers? <laughs> that place yeah, is it's, nice. Well, yeah, her house is right that's there. That's true. And everyone just lays on the beach and stares up at her house the whole time. It's actually quite quite, quite creepy. So let me let me tell you why I like it, why I thought the handshake happened. Okay. And I know you're going to be shocked here as I say it was a stunt. <laughs> I don't know that it was. I don't I'm not saying I'm saying I think it was intentional. And let me tell you why. I don't blame them at all. Because this whole entire time, all the internet's tried to do is pit those two against each other. Look how devastated Brittany Mahomes is that Taylor Swift has attention. Every screen grab mm-hmm. of Brittany Mahomes just, I don't know, looking into like the ether is like, look how pissed she mm-hmm. is. And so from the beginning, they tried to pit these two against each other, as people tend to do when it comes to women and claim that they're territorial. And I thought that this was sort of their way of being like, we are friends, shut that down. So for that reason, 
season. I'm with it. I think it was cute. Um, I think that the whole thing is a little saccharine sweet for me. But again, like, you know, T-Swift, she's wearing her like friendship bracelet, yeah. number 87 <laughs> on it. It's all just adorable and saccharine sweet. I would not expect to see Rihanna doing a handshake celebration with someone, but her totally was with it, right on brand, fine with it. Not for nothing too, Elle, uh, when she's in the building, Travis Kelsey goes off. And I know a couple of weeks ago you were like, Travis Kelsey, his performance might taper. No. This when she is in the building, she's like every dude, every amateur hooper. When the girl steps into the gym, and all of a sudden you're Allen Iverson, and you are you are the man, and he is yeah. that dude when she's in the building. Yeah, but I do want to know one thing that I knew was coming, and we finally saw it rear its ugly head. Oh. And that ugly head I'm talking about that reared itself is Jackson Mahomes. Damn, that's mean. So this whole, <laughs> I'm just saying the truth is this has been a very avoidable yes. thing for them. You know, on not a serious, serious note, but Jackson Mahomes has been accused of, you know, sexual impropriety and sexual misconduct, and he has largely disappeared. Uh, You know, they tried to keep that tight. No more TikTok videos, none of that. That was a directive Um, straight from Mr. Patrick Mahomes, for sure. Of course that was a directive from Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, dude, you can't, like, you all, he already sort of had... Mm, not a great image in the public view in terms of why he was there or what he was there for. And then of course it soured after that. And so he has really been non-existent, at least his presence lately has been. And then of course we do see him this weekend, Taylor Swift in the suite, just behind him in every shot, every adorable handshake and shot of the friendship bracelets, Taylor Swift, pro woman, all that. It's just Jackson Mahomes lurking in the background with all of that complicated mess. I have no idea if Taylor Swift has any idea of all the things that are going on or surrounding him or circling him. I imagine a good publicist told her that. Uh, But the Swifties were upset and a lot of people were upset. And I kept thinking, Gary, at some point this was ultimately going to come to a head Mm -hmm. in the same way that the guy she was dating before, Travis Kelsey, some of the things that he used to say came back and resurfaced and became a thing. And if you were to believe tabloids caused a rift between them, this was always going to be a thing eventually that she would have to tackle or that she would have to deal with the association of the Mahomes and the Jackson part of that. The only thing I could think in my head when I was seeing Jackson Mahomes just kind of lingering over Taylor Swift was, did you have to, did you have to let him linger? Did you have to? (laughs) I mean, he was just, you went cranberries? Yeah, he was just background fodder. And uh, Can I just say, thank God you went cranberries and not another cringy Swift song. Like, listening to these announcers try to weave in Swift puns has been horrible. Well, so thank you for that cranberries Well, here's the thing, sir. L. Even if I wanted to try, I couldn't. I know nothing but the mainstream in the Taylor Swift. And my, my, my uh, lyric retention on that kind of stuff, non-existent. So you ain't, yeah. you ain't getting none of that from me. You guys have bad blood. Yeah, so I got you. Yeah, I know that one. I know that one. But it used to be mad love. Yeah. I know like five. And I realize that in the time someone will say something when I'm like on SportsCenter, I'll be like, this would actually would be a perfect time for a a Taylor Swift pun. But then I only know like five songs. And then then we're talking, and then it's the Brock Purdy paradigm again. It's like, come on, we've already, we've done this. We've went down this road. Well, I'm going to trot out one more for you guys. Here we go. And this week's Too Long didn't watch run the music 
The Eagles stifle the best offense in beating the Dolphins, who again just cannot get that signature win over a top team. They're so back and forth, contender, pretender, they're great, they're okay. Miami's like a light switch. The Dolphins, flipper? Cardinals kicker Matt Prater was fuming after his holder didn't hold laces out on a field goal attempt. Like super mad. That holder better Prater God, Matt has forgiveness in his heart. Seahawks 120-10. Travis Kelsey, when Tay is in the building, is so much better. So now defenses are contending with the Chiefs offense and a pop star ringer? <laughs> what a swift kick to the nuts. The Bears won their second game of the season thanks to Tyson Badgett. Undrafted rookie quarterback out of D2 Shepherd University. Six foot three inches, 215 pounds. Birthday, June 8th, 2000. I know you're wondering who the hell that is, so that info, I'm sure, is helpful because I had to Google it too. <laughs> Detroit gets beat by 32 points to the Ravens, and they only put up a paltry six points. So I guess Detroit did play with the heart of a lion. A lion who had just fallen off of a cliff trying to save his cub from an evil uncle that wanted to dethrone him. The G-Men beat the Commanders 14-7, but Eric Gray muffed his third punt of the season. So all-pro punt returner Gunnar Osheski is signing with the Giants. It's just great to see good things happen to my fellow Polish brothers, like Gunnar. You know who is not a hit, oh, at least right now in D.C., Jonathan Allen. And I do wonder sometimes, like, these teams who are just sort of mired in mediocrity, like not really good or really bad, right? Like, you get a lot of attention if you're really bad, Broncos, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Bears. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of attention if you're really good. If you're like the Commanders, like just one of those teams that, like, never really does anything but doesn't do anything too bad, right? They never really have a top 10 pick, but they never have – you know, a bottom pick either because they're never all that good. And finally, after I think what the Giants have lost like five of their last six, like finally, someone just said enough. I'm done. Enough of mm -hmm. this. They haven't had a winning season since 2016. And Jonathan Allen of the Commanders decided today is the day I'm going to lose my shit. And I'm just wondering how relatable this is. Like he just... Is it that is it it was the last straw that it's the Giants? Because again, if you're the commanders, you've been losing a lot. Why was today the last straw? Like, why today of all days did he decide I'm gonna read them the riot act? Caught him. Caught him right place, right time. This this sort of is in line with as I make a mention to my friend Dan again. Um, and this is not intentional, but I liken it to his theory, which is in any situation. There is an opportunity that exists in the universe. If you, if everything lines up perfectly, time, place, temperature, climate, words, chemistry, that you can land anybody, anybody of the, of the, of the uh, opposite sex, if that's what you're into, that you are attracted to at, at a moment in time in the universe, like everything has to line up perfectly. And this is just the flip side of that. Everything was just lined up perfectly. Jonathan Allen was ready to lose his shit. Just lost. Mediocrity. It's a divisional opponent that he lost to. And my man had enough. We're almost to the halfway point of the season. So like all hope is gone. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is one of those things. Hey, we're in the film room and we're going to we're gonna bounce back. No, 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 no. He's, he's facing the reality. 
And I think that's what that was. Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever just, cause you're a really nice guy. Everybody knows that. Like you're the nicest guy and you probably have to strain your brain to even think of a time that you like lost your shit. But have you ever just projected on someone else? Like it's not just about the giants. It's like just everything compounding and piling up so that you lost it on something seemingly very benign and simple. You're right. I do have to, I do have to think about this because I'm pretty, I'm pretty like anti-confrontational, but I think I do have a short fuse. So while I think of this, can I just sort of volley this back into your court? Well done. We have talked about how that is broadcasting 101. Yes. I don't have an answer. So let me pose the same. Because I think question. I have one brewing in my head, but it's not, it's not like that cool of a story. Yeah. Mine's not really either, but I definitely lost because I don't, I, it takes a lot to push me. I do not yell at people. I don't scream at people. I don't disrespect people that way. We will have a good come to Jesus meeting, but I'm not a yeller. That's just not really my style. Um, but I definitely lost my shit on the phone with an insurance person before. Oh. And it was so bad. It was just, again, it was, I was projecting and there was a lot going on in my life. And this lady didn't have any idea what was coming for her when she told me something could not happen that I wanted to happen. And, uh, Oh man, it was so bad that even though these are just like national call centers, I efforted for at least like two days to try to track down this person. I mean, I'm like calling the hotline like, who was working two days ago at 3.36 p.m. Eastern time and potentially took a call just because I felt that bad about sort of exploding on her. Um, oh, you were going to apologize. I, 100%, yeah. Oh. You know, listen... If you're going to do this and you're going to confront people, like I imagine if we don't have one already, Jonathan Allen is going to have some sort of like mea culpa. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. He's going to backtrack a little bit. I'm just frustrated. I care. You know, one of those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm definitely a very non-confrontational person and I will lose sleep at night if I think even a stranger is mad at me. Like if I think someone I don't even know if I cut someone in line accidentally or whatever, I will mill and sit on it forever and it will eat at my brain. All because you couldn't get a copay covered, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. It's 15 bucks, L. I know you don't carry cash. And that's why I was so mad. I was like, I paid this. Why would you take me to collections for $12? I mean, I was just... <laughs> like, I know I move a lot, but damn, <laughs> give me some time. Okay, let's do our story time. We're on our way out of the podcast and um, from Ojai, California and Gary's living room. He is wearing his Tiesto hat. He was in Formula One. We told you that last week on the show. Yes. He went down to Austin. By the way, totally curbed all of my opportunity to come and have a drink or dinner with me. I texted him multiple times. He ignored the shit out of me and curbed me. That's totally fine. Um, you did have work to do. So what happens? Because you're too busy hanging out with Tiesto. So walk me through. Well, okay, so here's Tiesto, close personal friend now, and turns out his wife is from Colorado, so we had that as like a mutual jumping off point when I met them backstage. Big Broncos fan, and I'm like, oh, you're here on a Sunday, huh, because the Broncos aren't worth watching. He loved it. They were laughing. So it was me, Tiesto, Tiesto's wife, sister-in-law, and father-in-law all back um, in the trailer before he took the stage at 4.30 at Circuit of the Americas to put a bow on uh, this F1 weekend in Austin. And he was playing on behalf of ESPN. So of course, the fantastic people um, in ESPN marketing asked me to introduce him. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Gary Streisky, uh, Sports Center. Thanks for being out here. Hey, this next guest, blah, blah. It's my honor. It's my privilege. And of course, everybody's familiar with Tiesto's music. He is quite literally been voted many times the greatest DJ of all time. Yeah, Tiesto's the man. And this is important. His nickname is the Godfather of EDM. 
the godfather of EDM. So I'm hanging out in his trailer backstage and we are just hitting it off to the point he's like, let's do shots. This is 30 minutes. And as you know, L, I get the Asian flush, one drink and I'm toast. But these oh, Europeans- yeah. Gary these, can't drink, you guys. He can't drink, guys. These, he can't but, drink. What I'm going to say, no to Tiesto pouring me shots in 1942. And let me tell you, he's got a heavy hand. He pours a heavy pour. L, we went through, and I've never bought it, but he bought, it's a big bottle of 1942. And it was just the five of us. And he was pouring doubles. And we took the first shot and it was great. So smooth. I never had 1942. It was delicious. Would recommend. And he was like, cool, cool, cool. You ready for another one? And I was like, what am I going to say? No to Tiesto? Tiesto's trying to get banged up, you know, in the trailer. So I said, okay, yeah, sure. Let's do another one. But don't be surprised if I get up there and I say, hey, Tiesto's making me take shots here in the back. We're having a great time. And he's like, oh, no, it'll be great. Pours us another one. Thick pours. Two shots, but really as an accumulation, probably like four actual shots. So it's my time to get out there. 15,000 people are in this amphitheater. And that's not an exaggeration. You can take a look on my Instagram. And they see me coming out with these hats. They know they're about to get freebies. They start going crazy. So I have the mic and I've been, I'm drunk off power, but I'm also just actually drunk. And I'm like, Austin, I can't hear, you know, doing the hype up thing. And they start going crazy. And I'm like, Tiesto had one request. The godfather of EDM had one request. We're in Austin. Put those horns up. They go crazy. Boom. I'm like, this man needs no introduction. He's the greatest DJ of all time. The crowd goes wild. And then, L, I have a brain fart. I completely blink. The 1942 is taking me back to 1942 when I wasn't alive. I'm like, (gasps) you forgot his name. The grandfather of EDM, Tiesto. Oh, no. Did you say grandfather? I called him the grandfather instead of the godfather (laughs) of EDM. No, Elle, you're not helping. Elle, no. You're not helping. (laughs) Elle, you're not helping. You're not helping me. I'm actually crying and drooling. You're You're not helping. I called him the grandfather of EDM. (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. You called him a grandfather. Stop it. Stop it. By the way, he's just Gary, a this is so much worse than you ever alluded to. No, you stop. went on a stage and called Tiesto the grandfather of Edie. Stop it. No. And you're still showing your face today? No, L. Okay, we can't air this podcast. Don't do it. L. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. I didn't realize it at the time. The 1942 was coursing through the veins. And I'm like, Tiesto, they're ready for you. They go crazy again. And here he comes, passing me, and he goes, boom, we knuckle. And then I looked at his wife and his sister-in-law, her sister, and I was like, huh? And they are like, <laughs> and I was like, no! And then once he started playing, I came to the realization, I think I just called him the grandfather of EDM. Yeah. yeah. And I was out of there. Mm-hmm. But he posted me on his Instagram story today, so I think all is forgiven. But Tiesto, if you're listening, if you're watching... Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm a massive fan of you, but I'm blaming you because it was the 1942. I know you are the godfather of EDM, but it was the 
It was Don Julio speaking. Dude, you literally called Tiesto, who is, how old is Tiesto? 53. Okay. So old enough to actually be a grandfather, but in an industry where you don't want to lean into your age. Like I imagine Tiesto does not lean into the fact that he's in his 50s. You want to appear young and youthful. Yeah. And in front of everybody, you outed him as a grandpapa, as someone's poppy, as someone's gramps. Yeah, you literally gave him his new title and role. I actually think you're just a forward thinker. You know, you can only be the godfather for so long. We've seen the movies. Those people get killed. But you know who is always protected and always loved? The grandfather. That's the way to, thank you, Elle. You brought this one back because I was about to go just walk into traffic. (laughs) You should go do that right now. We'll see you on the podcast next week. Maybe. Maybe.